Welcome to Sonata Secrets with Henrik Tilham, unlocking the world of classical music. Gabriel Fauré was a French composer, an organist and a professor at the Paris Conservatory in the late 19th, early 20th century. He has a few classical hits, like his Requiem and the song A Prez in Rev, and also this Pavan, that just speaks directly to the heart in its calm and collected manner. The best way I can describe the expression is something like an integration of humanity and heaven, because it's both religiously blissful but also emotional in a very human way. So a pavan is an old processional dance in four, popular in the old Spanish courts. You might know about Maurice Ravel's Pavan for a Dead Princess, which is a great piano piece. But Faure was a teacher to Ravel, so this is like the OG Pavan in French music. We have this soaring melody and a kind of an engine of middle voices that keeps it moving forward through some amazing harmony, all the time adding new musical colors. So Faure composed this for orchestra and they also did a version for orchestra and choir. But it's very popular with all kinds of instruments because it has an easy configuration of a melody and accompaniment and especially flute because it's a flute in the original orchestra version. And when it comes to a version for piano solo it's interesting because there are a few out there. Fourier apparently had a version that he played himself and he did a piano roll recording of it but he didn't publish it officially that I know because there's like no edition that we can say like this is the original source for piano solo. We only have this like piano roll recording of Foray and you can recreate the recording using the piano roll. Uh, you can see it up on YouTube, it's interesting. So the most popular transcription seems to be a version by Nava Mukherjee that sticks quite close to this piano roll version. But this is kind of a pianistic way of doing it and I actually prefer a second line of thinking here of keeping closer to the orchestra original. And it's especially one feature of the second round of the main section where in the piano roll version, the bass don't come on the downbeats. Instead, we have these uh, uh, middle voices that gets more and more. Uh, so I prefer to have the bass on the downbeats, as obviously in the orchestra you have cellos and basses, keep, to keep the regularity and stability of that. So I use an arrangement version by Nels Daly, that's also up on IMSLP, and I also had some minor changes and additions that I'll show them clearly in the score when we get to it. So we start with this F sharp minor, just setting the scene with this kind of engine here in the middle voices. This is pizzicato in the orchestra original. And then let's start with the melody, because we have very clear and regular phrases. So. four bars coming to a close and it's a sequence in the middle it's the same but it's one whole step down so it's kind of going downward getting this sense of resignation almost 
So now with the harmony. It's F sharp minor to D major 7. This is like the melting chord. Amazing. And it's actually the same chord that Ravel uses in the beginning of his pavan. So let's just go to this for a second. The Ravel's pavan starts like this. So G major, when the bass goes down to C and we have the B in the middle voice, this is a C major 7, the same chord. And again now. major 7. It's like it captures the feeling of the pavan very nice so that's why they use it. Uh, they use it to create this feeling. Here's F sharp minor to D major 7. So now continuing. Now we can see that the bass goes follows the same pattern and it continues. So it's keeping close together and falling down, also the same sense of resignation going downward. So the chords are F sharp minor, D major 7, E to C sharp minor. So these are relative keys, E to C sharp minor, it's minor 7, and then it's D to B minor, same uh, relationship relative minor and minor 7 and we also have an extra appoggiatura in the melody so a suspense on the beat uh, on when we get to the D so the E is uh, is the regular 4 going to third in E when we're here with the melody C sharp minor now so we're still going to the third in D but now it's not the regular four, now it's the sharp fourth. It's because the melody is in uh, F sharp minor and when we happen to have a D in F sharp minor and we use the scale degree, it's a sharp fourth. The Lydian fourth, it's also something special with that, this suspension, this appoggiatura. Uh, it's a dissonance, it's a tritone, but it's the kind of dissonance that doesn't feel tense or bad, like it feels uh, almost open. It's really special, the Lydian fourth. Finally, going to C sharp major, this is the dominant. So ending on the dominant, very clear. Bass goes down. And so it could be A major, but it's F sharp minor, first inversion, uh, third in the bass. And the second beat on this bar confirms F sharp minor. So here the second phrase starts and if we look at the melody it's exactly the same melody like the pattern but it's transposed so it starts a fifth higher. To the end it stays there. But the harmony is not the same. So F sharp minor So we end up on C sharp major, the same dominant, but something happens in the middle. 
so after the F sharp minor, here we kind of we kick off the circle of fifth progression. If we look at the bass, F sharp minor, F sharp, B, E, A, D, G sharp, C sharp. So we get this tritone here as well because we're staying within the scale of F sharp minor and the circle of fifth, you have all perfect fifth and one tritone somewhere in the sequence if you do the full sequence and here it happens towards the end. But there's something happening here with the E. It's E minor seven. Like it's somewhere outside the expected realm. modulating almost to some close key same D major 7 but now because this move from D major 7 to G sharp feels more of a modulation back okay so second phrase ends on C sharp a nice solo in the middle voices phrase is exactly the same as the first phrase, we recognize it's very regular and stable. Now the fourth phrase. Fourth phrase goes to F sharp minor, so it's a cadence a perfect cadence to the tonic minor in the end. The first three phrases goes to the dominant. Um, here the bass is really cool, it's just a scale down. And the melody is the same melody but now it's transposed so it starts on an A which is a third up from F sharp. It's Let's move on. So after this, here starts like a short middle section. So now we're in C sharp major, the dominant. C sharp again. So we have this cadence. Well, bass goes down again. This is G sharp 7 going to C sharp. Perfectly normal cadence, dominant 7, but the melody reaches the F or the E sharp as an appoggiatura. So this creates this amazing, I, I would almost call it a French flavor cadence, because it's the dominant 7 with an added 6. And you have the same kind of cadence in Chopin's first ballad, I did a video on recently, in the second theme there. Going to E flat major, B flat, 
seven and six. And again, F, seven and six. So it's a special feeling, this cadence. Let's call it French flavor cadence. I like that. Okay, the melody comes back again, C sharp major, but now instead of, as the first time, we go here. This is amazing. So it's C sharp to E. It's a median relationship because it's not part of the scale of C sharp major. And A major 7. So E and A are close. And okay, A to B7, that's to E. So we're modulating to E, that's what we're thinking. But it's going back to some minor here instead. This really points to C sharp minor. But it's going back to, it's dominant to E. So they're pointing in opposite directions and it's like a struggle between them. major wins and melody celebrates on this lovely leap up to the third but it was only a temporary win because the bass goes down and so this is a C sharp major still but it's pointing back to of course F sharp minor the tonic minor and here we get this long stay, a cadence of two bars on C-sharp major with this cadential trill, like you have in Mozart and, and those guys. And the middle voices gets a nice moment to shine again. To F-sharp minor. It's lovely because this melodic line this is perfectly diatonic in F sharp minor so we have and we have E as part of F sharp minor but the right hand is uh, trilling on an E sharp so we get a nice clash here So it's because we have ingredients from F sharp minor already on the trill, the cadence on the dominant. And it feels of course super nice when we actually get the resolution to F sharp minor. So here we get the return of the first section and now it's an octave lift, it's uh, one octave higher, so soaring in the sky. But still, pianissimo, and it says congrazia here, like it needs to be restrained here uh, to create the maximum beauty. Uh, as, and you can see in the score, here is where I've added, uh, because like it's easier to play just uh, these lines.
that's easier and it totally works. But I like to, to uh, get it more filled out, a bit thicker. So I add the octave in the bass and I add some chord notes here. So melody start up here. So I, I think it sounds like more professional. You need to work more to get the octaves and the chord. Um, but it's worth it if you really want to play it for as a concert version. Get that full bass. Second phrase. For the fourth phrase, I actually go back and I play it as the first version, like one octave down again, so like this. And the reason for that is I actually finish the piece here, or like I prefer this version when it's a short piece, because in a uh, in the original, there is like a longer middle section that starts here, and then this uh, main section material comes back with some variation and some more exploration, and then there's a coda and it ends. But I think that this middle section, it doesn't transfer as well to solo piano uh, as the first section actually does. So I just played the first part of this middle section. Obviously it's there if you want to have a substantial piece, but as I said, I think it works as a shorter version. So. outbursts as a contrast to the uh, restrained collected things and then it's some really interesting harmonic stuff but it makes it into a bigger piece and I'm I like to keep for this video if nothing else it's as a shorter version so that's why I take the fourth phrase uh, one octave down again so we're coming back to earth and this is actually more equivalent to the coda you feel like you're coming back after we've been soaring in the sky coming back to earth and of course, a nice ritardando. And just end it like that with the left hand. So thanks for watching Sonata Secrets and the Patreon shoutout goes to A. Philip, R. Powell and V. Ka.